Welcome to Words Matter with Katie Barlow. Welcome to Words Matter. I'm Katie Barlow. Our goal is to promote objective reality. As a wise man once said, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, not their own facts. Words have power and words have consequences. As Black History Month ends and Women's History Month begins, we wanted to honor a pioneer in the struggle for equal rights for both movements. Shirley Anita Chisholm was a politician, educator, activist, community organizer, and author. Born in Brooklyn, New York in 1924, as a child during the Great Depression, while her parents struggled to make ends meet, young Shirley and her two sisters were sent to Barbados to live with their grandmother. Long before the civil rights movement in the United States, young Shirley watched as her community advocated for their rights as she witnessed the Barbados workers and anti-colonial independence movements. Chisholm would later say about her time on Barbados with her grandmother, quote, Granny gave me strength, dignity, and love. I learned from an early age that I was somebody. I didn't need the Black Revolution to tell me that. In 1964, after nearly two decades as an educator and community activist, Chisholm ran for and was elected to the New York State Assembly. Even within the New York Democratic Party, Shirley Chisholm had faced resistance to her candidacy based on her sex. So, she took her campaign directly to women, using her role as Brooklyn branch president of Key Women of America to mobilize female voters. Four years later, in 1968, Shirley Chisholm became the first black woman elected to the United States Congress, representing New York's 12th congressional district for seven terms from 1969 to 1983. Her 1968 congressional campaign slogan was Unbought and Unbossed, which later became the title of her memoir and a documentary film based on her amazing life. On January 25th, 1972, in a Baptist church in her district in Brooklyn, Shirley Chisholm became the first African-American candidate for a major party's nomination for President of the United States. And the first woman to run for the Democratic Party presidential nomination. In her presidential announcement, she called for, quote, a bloodless revolution at the forthcoming Democratic nominating convention and described herself as a representative of the people offering a new articulation of American identity. Quote, I am not the candidate of black America, although I am black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman and equally proud of that. I am the candidate of the people, and my presence before you symbolizes a new era in American political history. Let's listen to civil rights and women's rights pioneer Shirley Chisholm announce her candidacy for President of the United States. I stand before you today as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America.
I am not the candidate of black America, although I am black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman, and I'm equally proud of that. I am not the candidate of any political bosses or fat cats or special interests. I stand here now without endorsements from many big name politicians or celebrities or any other kind of prop. I do not intend to offer to you the tired and glib cliches which for too long have been accepted part of our political life. I am the candidate of the people of America. <laughs> Fellow Americans, we have looked in vain to the Nixon administration for the courage, the spirit, the character, and the words to lift us, to bring out the best in us, to rekindle in each of us our faith in the American dream. Yet all that we have received in return is just another smooth exercise in political manipulation, deceit and deception, callousness and indifference to our individual problems, and the disgusting playing of divisive politics, pitting the young against the old, labor against management, north against south, black against white. concern of this administration has been one of political expediency rather than the needs of man's nature. The president has broken his promises to us and has therefore lost his claim to our trust and confidence in him. I cannot believe I cannot believe that this administration would have ever been elected four years ago if we had known then what we know today, but we are entering, we are entering a new era in which we must, as Americans, demand stature and size in our national leadership. Leadership, leadership which is fresh, leadership which is open, and leadership which is receptive to the problems of all Americans. faith in the American people. I believe that we are smart enough to correct our mistakes. I believe we are intelligent enough to recognize the talent, energy, and dedication which all Americans, including women and minorities, have to offer. I know from my travels to the cities and small towns of America that we have a vast potential which can and must be put to constructive use in getting this great nation together. I know that millions of Americans from all walks of life agree with me that leadership does not mean putting the air to the ground to follow public opinion, but to have the vision of what is necessary and the courage to make it possible. <laughs> Americans all over are demanding a new sensibility, a new philosophy of government from Washington. 
Instead of sending spies to snoop on participants at Earth Day, I would welcome the efforts of concerned citizens of all ages to stop the abuse of our environment. Instead of watching a football game on television, while young people beg for the attention of their president concerning our actions abroad, I would encourage them to speak out, organize for peaceful change, and vote in November. Instead of blocking efforts to control the huge amounts of money given political candidates by the rich and the powerful, I would provide certain limits on such amounts and encourage all the people of this nation to contribute small sums to the candidates of their choice. Instead of calculating the political costs of this or that policy and of weighing favors of this or that group, depending on whether that group voted for me in 1968, I would remind all Americans at this hour of the words of Abraham Lincoln, a house divided cannot stand. And my presence before you now symbolizes a new era in American political history. I have always earnestly believed in the great potential of America. Our constitutional democracy will soon celebrate its 200th anniversary. Effective testimony to the longevity of our cherished Constitution and its unique Bill of Rights, which continues to give to the world an inspirational message of freedom and liberty. I do not believe that in 1972, the great majority of Americans will continue to harbor such narrow and petty prejudices. I am convinced that the American people are in a mood to discard the politics and the political personalities of the past. I believe that they will show in 1972 and thereafter that they intend to make independent judgments on the merits of a particular candidate based on that candidate's intelligence, character, physical ability, competence, integrity, and honesty. It is, it is, I feel, the duty of responsible leaders in this country to encourage and maximize, not to dismiss or minimize such judgment. Our will can create a new America in 1972, one where there is freedom from violence and war at home and abroad, where there is freedom from poverty and discrimination, where there exists at least a feeling that we are making progress and ensuring for everyone medical care, employment, and decent housing, where we more decisively clean up our streets, our water, and our air, where we work together, black and white, to rebuild our neighborhoods and to make our cities quite attractive and efficient. And fundamentally, where we live in the confidence that every man and every woman in America has at long last the opportunity to become all that he was created of being, such as is his ability. In conclusion, all of you who share this vision 
from New York to California, from Wisconsin to Florida, our brothers and sisters on the road to national unity and a new America. Americans are all fellow countrymen. One day confronting the judgment of history in our country. We are all God's children, and the will of each of us is as precious as the will of the most powerful general or corporate millionaire. Those of you, those of you who were locked outside of the convention hall in 1968, those of you who can now vote for the first time, those of you who agree with me that the institutions of this country belong to all of the people who inhabit it, those of you who have been neglected, left out, ignored, forgotten, or shunned aside for whatever reason, give me your help at this hour. Join me in an effort to reshape our society and regain control of our destiny as we go down the Chisholm Trail for 1970. Thank you for listening to Words Matter. Please rate and review Words Matter at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows.